This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And we're coming live to you from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Damon Cotton, your boy, Q. Been asking the question. Threw it out there on the Raider Nation listener line as well as the Salmon Ash text line at 69187 keyword r What grade would you give the Raiders for their offseason that they've had so far? What do you think they still need to do? And before we ask our next guest that exact question, Mike hit me up on Twitter and said, well, they ran off a leader at head coach, got older and more expensive at end, unnecessarily reset the wide receiver market in a wide receiver rich draft year, gutted the best D we've had in 15 years, rewarded Illuminor and Parker, I'll give them a C only because they extended max. That's the thoughts of Mike, and I appreciate anyone who gives me some feedback on Twitter, on the Red Nation listener line, or the Salmon Ash text line at 69187. Now let's bring in Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus. You can find him on Twitter at PFF underscore Austin Gale. And Austin, thanks so much for your time. So I'll ask you the same question to start things off. What would you do when you look at the Raiders, what they've done so far this offseason? What kind of grade would you give them so far? Yeah, I think the Raiders have done a lot to, you know, return to competitiveness in the AFC, right? I think you look at the hirings of Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. Those are massive upgrades over what they had. Getting Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones, and extending Max Crosby. That's not just adding, but also extending like really high-end talent on what was obviously a talent-deficient roster. Now, could they have made more moves to improve the offensive line? Sure. I know that's a group that they want to continue to develop with young players with Alex Leatherwood obviously being one of them. And defensively, I still think they need help in the secondary, especially after losing Casey Hayward. But they made a lot of the big-name moves, right? You need competent pass rushers, that's Matt Crosby, Chandler Jones. You need a high-end wide receiving talent. They bring in Devontae Adams, obviously with the pairing of Derek Carr. And you need some structure up top, Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. I'd give their you know, offseason like a B, B-plus even. And I think they can continue to add to that um, as they continue to move forward. And I honestly think the way they've structured the Derek Carr extension makes this a firm B plus because it's a situation where if this does not pan out, right, the bet on Devontae Adams, the bet on Derek Carr working in this offense being a top 10, top five offense in the NFL next year, if it doesn't work out and for whatever reason Devontae Adams doesn't go for 15-plus touchdowns and Derek Carr isn't a top eight quarterback in the NFL, you're in this position where you can move on from Derek Carr, potentially trade Derek Carr, and try to push your chips in another direction. I'm not saying they should do that. But when you don't have all this guaranteed money tied to your quarterback, like the Minnesota Vikings and with Kirk Cousins, you're a little bit more versatile, right, with what you can do at the quarterback position. You can chase eliteness if you feel like you have to if this single-season bet with Derek Carr doesn't work. You know, we know how explosive a guy like Devontae Adams can be, and so we're all anticipating that Carr to Adams is going to be great. We know who Darren Waller is, what he could bring to the table. In this Josh McDaniels offense, how do you think Hunter Renfro, how do you think that he ends up working out? How big of a, uh, a weapon do you think he'll end up being? I absolutely think he'll be number three in targets, but still have a heavy, heavy target share. I think it's going to be Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro. All three of those players are healthy for, healthy for 17 games, and as is Derek Carr, this should be 
right? This should be a top-flight offense in the NFL. Like it, should, it has all the makings of a legitimate powerhouse offense. And when you compare it to what the Chiefs have, they have better weapons, right? The Raiders do with Adams and Waller and Renfro and Healthy. Even when you compare it to the Broncos, I think I would rather have the Raiders' weapons. They should be competitive in the AFC West. They should be competitive in the AFC. It all, all the shoulders really fall on Josh Daniels and the quarterback, right? And that's why, of anywhere, they've showed you know, the, the, where they want to have the most you know, versatility at the quarterback position with how they structured this contract. They want Derek Carr to work so much. And if it does, he's going to make $40 million next year. Right. If it doesn't, they're in a versatile spot to say, hey, Derek, we gave you Devontae Adams. We brought in Chandler Jones. We have Hunter Renfro. We have Darren Waller. We brought in Josh McDaniels. And we still weren't you know, top 10 in passing yards or top 12 in efficiency. If that's the case, you have to you know, vault out of mediocrity. The Rams had a quarterback that took him to a Super Bowl, and they traded for Matthew Stafford. The 49ers had a quarterback that took him to a Super Bowl, and they traded two first-round picks to go get Trey Lance. It's not enough to have a good quarterback in this league. You need an elite one. The Chiefs went to the playoffs with Alex Smith the year before they traded up to 10 to grip Patrick Mahomes. That matters. The best teams in the NFL chase eliteness at the quarterback position, and if Derek Carr isn't that, with Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Josh McDaniels, all of this help, that's when you need to start making some elite decisions. Talk right now with Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus on Twitter at PFF underscore Austin Gale. My man, Demond's got one for you. Yeah, Austin, I know you don't have the crystal ball, but you said that he would need to perform elite. Do you think that with the weapons that the team has put around him that this season will be that breakout season, so to say, for Derek Carr? I, I think it should be as good, if not marginally better, than his 2016 campaign. Like when he had Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree, a top three offensive line in the NFL. Donald Penn allowed one sack that season, and it was the same sack that obviously broke his leg on Christmas Eve against the Colts. Like, when he has a really good supporting cast, he's proven he can be MVP levels, right? Derek Carr was MVP level in 2016 before getting hurt. They were talking about him as a deep postseason contender. It was the year when everyone was saying, got to extend him. You have to. That's our franchise quarterback. We've gone through Marcus Tuiasosopo. We've gone through Kerry Collins, Jason Campbell, Terrell Pryor. It's time. Derek Carr's our guy. And he hasn't been that yet. And you could say last year was good, but we still don't have a playoff win. Now you've added weapons. You've added Devontae Adams. You hopefully have Renfro and Waller healthy. You have a coach that you think can put together a really good offense. Let's see it. Let's see it. And the offensive line isn't as good as it was in 2016. If I had to highlight a reason why this doesn't pan out, right, why maybe it's not a top eight, top ten year among quarterbacks for Derek Carr, it's the offensive line. It's still, outside of Colt Miller, very flawed. When you look at that offensive line, and that's a great point, and we've been talking about the offensive line quite a bit, that I feel like that's an area that still needs to be addressed, especially on the right side. Uh, do you think that it would be make more sense for them to go out and get a veteran, or, do you, or would you be okay and comfortable with them getting someone in the draft? Well, I mean, if you're going to get upgrades, it's going to have to be a veteran, right? Their first pick in the 2022 NFL draft is number 86. Like, <laughs> you're not getting a legitimate starter on the right side of the offensive line at 86. Maybe you luck out with a guard with you know legitimate starter potential at that spot, but I, I still don't think the draft is going to shore up that position. It's rare to see rookie guards, especially ones drafted that late, have a lot of success early in their careers, even their first two you know seasons. If they want to actually upgrade that position, they have to get a veteran. They haven't done that. So I, I do think that they're comfortable with the offensive line they have. That, in my opinion, is very, very dangerous. All right, Austin, I wanted to ask you about the podcast series that you put out called Hutch. Uh, just a complete profile from Aiden Hutchinson. Maybe be might be the first overall pick in the draft. How did this process come along for you to get this po- this podcast together? 
Yeah, working with Agent Sports, his marketing agency, also our director of communications, David Sofaro. We, you know, highlighted Aiden Hutchinson, PFS number one overall player in the draft, as someone we wanted to work with closely and, and put something great on. You know, and we talked to him and his family and his coaches, his teammates. It's been great to really get perspective on the makings of a number one overall pick, right? The makings of someone that's just rare, rare in what they offer, rare in what they do on and off the field. It's a phenomenal series. Encourage everyone to check it out wherever you get your podcast. It's called Hutch. It's also on PFF YouTube channel. There you go. Right there. I liked it. All right, and then, like, episode three, he went to Coach Herb going into that senior season and added to the mythology of Hutch where he says, Coach, ring me out. Do you think, like, the the improvements that he made from that junior to senior season, what did the people of Michigan say, like, what made him so much better going in from junior to senior year? I, I really do think he was going to have a phenomenal junior year. It was, he said to me, that he felt better in that season than any other year, but then Big Ten canceled the season back and then just three games into a COVID-impacted season where the offseason, you rarely get practice and all this stuff. He obviously breaks his ankle against Indiana and isn't able to play. And then when he comes back for a senior season, everyone highlights it as, oh, my gosh, this came out of nowhere. This was building for Aiden, right? At Michigan, they didn't redshirt him as a true freshman. He played on Don Brown's defense, even though they had Josh Uche, Rashawn Gary, Chase Winovich, Quiddy Pay. Like they had first-round first talent really across the board in 2018, and Aiden Hutchinson is a four-star recruit, still saw the football field. In 2019, he's one of the few ex-defenders to beat up on Tristan Wirfs in that Iowa game. And then finally, 2020, injury, COVID, he finds a way to kind of rehab quickly, goes into 2021, says the only reason I'm coming back is to beat Ohio State, and does exactly that. Talking right now with Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Just got a couple more questions for you. My guy Rob in Oakland hit us up, sent us a text and said, hey, can you ask Austin about Pro Football Focus theory about not building a highly paid offensive line because it essentially wastes cap space? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think what he's getting at is that you don't want to chase eliteness along the offensive line sometimes, especially you have to pay for it. You know, you look back on that offensive line the Raiders had in 2016, paid money for Donald Penn, Gabe Jackson gets an extension. Ronnie Hudson gets an extension. I'm going to get paid some money. Just a, two, a couple years after, right, they lose a lot of those guys. Hudson gone. Gabe gone. Kletchy gone. Donald Penn obviously retires. And that, that the Penn situation is outside of it. But when you pay for eliteness along the offensive line, it's hard to maintain it because it's a person position group. And oftentimes, it's a window of opportunity when you chase eliteness, not necessarily a longevity piece, right? I think the Bills do the best at building offensive lines. They draft consistently in the trenches, and they bring in veteran talent that maybe aren't elite players like an assembly, like Rodney Hudson, like a Gabe Jackson, or in his prime, but they are really good players, and they are weak links, right? It's more important to have five average starters than it is four elite ones and another one, you know, because right. it's, it's a weak link system. You need to make sure that, you know, the, the Cincinnati can tell you that, right? If you don't have... Um, average to above average talent across the board. It doesn't matter if your left tackle is Cole Miller, you're going to struggle because those other places is where defenses will attack. Right, no doubt. You are as good as your weakest link, and if your weakest link is really weak, then your offensive line in a, in a hole is going to be really weak. That's good stuff. Uh, Austin Gale right there from Pro Football Focus. Hey, what you got coming out that we need to be on the lookout for? Yeah, definitely check out Hutch, as I said. It's on uh, anywhere you get your podcast, also your YouTube channel or PFS YouTube channel, and then from that, you can follow me on Twitter, PFF underscore Austin Gale. Check out PFF.com. Uh, appreciate you having me on, guys. Hey, thank you so much, man. Definitely appreciate you. There he goes. That's Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus, uh, just giving us a little bit of a rundown, talking about the Raiders offseason. And, look, he gave him a B plus. 
He gave him a B plus. And look, I you know I had a that tweet from Mike earlier, and and uh, you know he broke it down and uh, said what he didn't like about the about the offseason, and that's okay. You know that's what we're here for. It's okay to to not all agree. You know some could say it's an A plus, some could say it's a B plus. He gave him a C. I'm okay with that. You know that's why we throw the question out there for anyone to uh, respond and 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 feel you know what they think about about the moves that the Raiders have made so far this offseason. So, DeMond, let me ask you, uh, we have a few, well, actually, we have a few minutes left in the show. We're going to go up to, what, 435? You want to just keep it right here? Yeah, we can keep it right here if you want. Okay, let's just keep it right here up until 435. We're going to go the rest of this uh, the show, about 20 more minutes uh, without commercials. And then we'll hit a break, and then we'll get into some uh, uh, the Raider hour, and then we'll get into aviator baseball right after that. So, uh, Raider Nation, I'll ask you. I'll continue to throw the question out there. We got a lot of feedback on the Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. What grade right now, April 14th, would you give the Raiders for what they've done this offseason? Of course, the work is not done. The job is not complete. Still have the draft coming up. Still got a lot of stuff coming up. But so far, as you're starting to get to know this new regime, is as we're, we're all starting to get to know this new regime together. I mean, what you're seeing from them is the same thing I'm seeing from them. I don't have any more background on them than you do. All, all this is, is a new experience. And, you know, I know that uh, Dave Ziegler was on with JT earlier today. I do encourage you to go listen to that. LVSportsNetwork.com. Of course, you can check it out. Give you a little bit of a, a background on the GM of the Raiders and what he's been able to do. And I'm hoping at some point maybe we can get Champ Kelly on. Maybe we can get Patrick Graham on. I mean, there's a few different guys that we're working on, and uh, we're going to continue to bring you the heat here on Raider Nation Radio 920. That's what we do. But we'd love to hear from you, 702-365-9200, and also the Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword r What grade would you give the Raiders offseason, and where do you think they ne- still need to improve? I think a lot, and I think pretty much everyone can agree that the offensive line still needs work. You know, I asked a question to Austin about, well, do you think they need to go get a veteran or would he feel comfortable with the rookie? And he said, well, the only way to improve would be getting a veteran. And that's true because in the third round, you know, you're taking a chance, but you might have a, you know, a really good third round draft pick. It's a pretty deep offensive line class, so maybe you'll have a really good one in the third round. You're like, hey, that guy's a guy that we could plug and play and think he's going to work. But I think that since the the draft is so just luck-driven mm-hmm. that it's hard to think that you're going to get lucky right. on a third-round pick with an offensive lineman. Because no player is a surefire pick, but you know those good offensive right. linemen. Because I don't know like how well offensive Some linemen. Could argue, some could argue that the third-round pick might just be as good as your last year's first-round pick. Very true. I mean, but I think that that's because it's a crapshoot, like you said. But I think that's because he hasn't exhibited first round play, right? As opposed to him not like having that first round talent. If you get someone in the third round, if they perform just as well as Alex Leatherwood performed right. this past season, that still wouldn't be a good thing. But you would say, hey, but we got him in the third round, right? No, that's I true. I don't think that's a good thing, right? No, I hear you. I hear you. And I'll say this: for all the doubting I have of Alex Leatherwood, I hope he comes back this next season and kicks everyone's ass. Not physically, but I mean, I hope he goes out there and shows who he is and, and, and comes with the old cool mode line. How you like me now? You know what I'm saying? Like, I hope he does. I really do. I don't, I don't root for anyone's failures or lack of success. I want everyone to succeed. I just know that for being picked at number 17, he left a lot to be desired. Unfortunately, you know, there was questions when they drafted him. Then there were, I think there was a period where it was like, Okay, okay, I see what they liked. I say, okay, I can get on board with that. You know, and that's just natural. That's natural for the fan base to maybe question a pick. And then, okay, I, I, okay, I get what they're doing here. 
And then when it doesn't work out, it's like, oh, okay. Maybe the questions that I had was right. So, you know, I know Josh McDaniels has talked highly about when he plays this year, it'll be year two for him. And it will legitimately be year two because he played all of last year. So he has all that experience. And I know that everyone will hit you with the, well, Colton Miller wasn't very good his first year. Those are facts. Alex Leatherwood could come back and be the dude next year for all we know. We really could be. I know he's been working out. He could end up being a guy, you know, that that goes into camp and earns that starting right tackle position. And then we're not really questioning it. Then you slide Denzel Good into the right guard position. And there you go. I did find it kind of funny. What was it on yesterday? Was it on NFL Network? I think it was on NFL Network. Maybe it was on NFL Live on ESPN. It was one of the two because those are like the only two channels that I watch, right? Those are the two. And it was because Carr was in the news so much, but everyone was talking about the offensive line. And when they put the depth chart up, and I, again, I can't remember what, if it was NFL Network or ESPN. It was one of the two for sure. When they put the depth chart up, they had Denzel Good at the left guard position. They had Jermaine Illuminor at the right guard position. They had Alex Leatherwood at the right tackle position. And I know that there's no depth chart has been, has been established yet. I get that. But I did find it interesting because if you just said, Q, who's going to be the starting five offensive lineman right now, that would not have been the order I put him in, right? You know what I mean? Like that wouldn't have been where I put him. Not saying that what I say means anything. So do you think as of right now, for all of you, you can judge him off what you've seen last season, is Alex Leatherwood starting at right tackle or right guard? Right guard. I think he's a starting right guard. But the question is, where does Denzel Good go? I think Denzel Good is really good. I mean, he has a great last name. Good. (laughs) I think Denzel Good is really good. And I think you saw the offensive line play drop. Obviously, it was only one game that you saw. But I feel like Denzel Good, especially the year before when he played multiple different positions, he was a really good player. You could tell that this guy is very versatile. He's a Swiss Army knife. Versatile is something that Josh McDaniels and company likes. That's what they want. So I think that he has an opportunity to play at different positions. But then you had John Simpson play all left guard last year. Are you comfortable with him being a starter or is he a backup? You know, Jermaine Illuminor has, has familiarity with the Patriots and the offensive line coach there. Does he slide in because they're more comfortable with him? The guard positions are going to be questions. And then if they do allow Alex Leatherwood to get the opportunity to start at right tackle, maybe in camp at, at the very least at camp, then who's, is it, is it like that? Is it good? At the left guard and, and, and Illuminor at the right guard, Simpson as backup. How, where's Parker go? They gave Parker some pretty good coin. Almost feels like Parker's a guy that's starting. At least getting paid starter money. And a lot of times the money talks and, well, you know the rest. You say that, and now we talked about earlier, like some, some of the people that we may have on from the team or we'd like to get from the team. Champ Kelly, yeah. Patrick Graham. Give me the offensive line coach because I really want to know What's the plan here? And obviously, they're, they got to find, they got to see what they have once camp gets started. Well, just, I want to know at least the outline of the plan because I have never seen a team so much where all this offseason talk, all these weapons, and it's mm-hmm. so great, it's so good, but everybody just brings it back around to, but we got to see about the offensive line. Where people are almost talking as if, yeah, Devontae Adams, he's good. It's whatever. Darren Waller, maybe they need to re sign him, give him an extension. And Fro's great. But what about this offensive line? Right. My man TJ just sent me a direct message on Twitter with this uh, breaking news. And I don't know how breaking it is. It's, from, it's a tweet from three hours ago. 
Rihanna and ASAP Rocky have supposedly split up. Apparently, Rihanna broke up with him after she caught him cheating with the Fenny footwear designer, Amina Muwadi. Now, I don't know what this Fenny footwear... Fenty. Fenty, Fenny, whatever you want to call it. I don't know what Amina looks like. I'm pulling up... Oh, that's a shoe. Wait, hold on. This is I'm so easily sidetracked. Maybe this is maybe it's fake news. Oh, here's Amina. Hold on. I'll give you the I'll give you the the gist if let's see. I got a picture of Amina. What does Amina look like? All right. Got to pull the computer. I don't want to look creepy, but I'm looking at the I got to look at the picture up close. Um why did your man feel the need to DM you this? Because he knows I'm a big Rihanna fan. He knows I'm a big. There's. <laughs> he saw this tweet and was like, "I know who needs to see this." Yes, too. exactly. He knew. He knew immediately who needed to see that, and it was me. It doesn't. I don't really talk about it as much as I used to. In Central Texas, that was one of the biggest running jokes. Was J Lo, Rihanna, Serena Williams, and so on and so forth. Well, obviously, you backed off because you saw then, that she was, you know, off the market. I mean, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like now she's back on the market. I mean, she is prego. But, I mean, you know, it's just a slight, slight detail. Don't worry about that later. It's cool. Just saying. Just throwing that out there. But who's my favorite? Who is well? I got a couple, but who are my? Who's my favorite? You know what? It's funny because I was going to say J Lo, but then I thought, what about that chick from CSI Miami? That's the one I was thinking of. Well, that's the most attainable. (laughs) (laughs) That's the one that's most attainable. Eva Larue. So anytime that no joke in when I was in Central Texas, anytime either J Lo was in the news, Rihanna was in the news, Eva Larue, who was rarely in the news, but anytime she was in the news, or Serena Williams. Everyone would hit me up. They'd be, hey, Q, your girl's in the news. I just think that Serena's a hell of an athlete. Let me just go ahead and throw that out there right now. Hell of an athlete. Got to respect the hell out of her. So I'm, when I'm watching tennis, I'm like, go, Serena. You know, that's that's me. But, if, but J-Lo and then Eva LaRue is like, in my opinion, a bootleg version of J-Lo. You know, it's like, you know how Kanye has the bootleg Kim Kardashian right now? Yeah. Like, he's, he's running around with homegirl that looks like, but is not. That's who Eva LaRue would be. She'd be like my J-Lo. And so the wife doesn't like her because I think she's obtainable, or at least she thinks she's obtainable, where she knows J-Lo's out of the league. I mean, she's not really out of the league, but that's what the wife believes. Just got engaged again. I mean, dang, you really... That's only... It's only... What's his name? Ben Affleck? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he didn't it's even... It's only Ben Affleck. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, he doesn't even have the full nickname. Their nickname is Benifer, so it's more her than him. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it was me and her, it would lead with Q. It wouldn't lead with J-Lo. Lead with Q, it'd be like Q Low. But you just said it's his whole first name's in it. So, but my name that matters, everyone knows who Q is. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst argument I've ever seen you present. <laughs> it's the only one I need, Damon. <laughs> yeah, it'd be Q Low. <laughs> it would just be Q. It'd be that's just Q's girl. How about that? <laughs> Q's girl. There's Q's girl. Q's seen stepping out. <laughs> With uh, with uh, his significant other, so random female Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez was out today with Keon Myers. <laughs> Put his Q, old government Q, name out there. Q, can you speak to? Oh, Q, we got just a few questions. No, no, can't no. you tell I'm busy? <laughs> just how did this happen? Who cares? <laughs> All right, so uh, update it to the list because I did not know Rihanna. You didn't. 
know Rihanna was on the on the wish list? Nope. Oh man, come on. You ever heard man? Haven't you ever heard me say WWRD? No. What would Rihanna do? Why are you asking yourself that question? I, I, that's a legit question. What would Rihanna do? In what situation do you in ask yourself In any situation. That? I ask it in every situation. Hey, Q, you want to go out? WWRD. What would Rihanna do? Hey, Q, you think we should do this? What would Rihanna do? That's the, Rihanna's got the best way of living, man. She's got the best life. I remember the temples because I don't know what would Rihanna do. I don't know what Rihanna wouldn't do. I mean, is that not fair? Obviously, she can't, do every, she can't do everything that she would do now in the state that she is being pregnant. She's got to make sure she's a very, you know, safe mom. Take care of that little baby. But before that, what would Rihanna not do? I mean, we've seen pictures. We've seen videos. We've heard her songs. Work, 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 work. You know what I mean? I can, I can, I can teach this lesson all day. What would Rihanna do? That's a lifestyle that I've lived by. And it's worked pretty well for me. It really has. <laughs> I am dumbfounded, but just the that's how I live my life. I mean, think about it. What would Rihanna do? Just got a text from uh, Sir Whiskey Ray. Q, Eva LaRue is smoking hot. Didn't know who she was until now. Cheers. <laughs> I'm keeping Eva LaRue, like, relevant. I mean, I really am. I'm doing a good job of that. Can he send you a couple of checks? At least come on the show once. You know what I'm saying? Like, at least come on the show and be like, what up, though? I think the conversation would come to a halt when you say, well, or if she hears, I heard you been calling me a bootleg J-Lo. I think that, that she knows that that's, I mean, look, J-Lo's on the big screen. Wow. E- e- Eva LaRue's on TV. J-Lo's on the big screen. And I think we can all agree that she's a better actress than she is a singer. Would you be accept, would you accept being called a bootleg anybody? It depends on who the person is. You know? I did just get, you want to know some, it's funny, I talk about people all the time. Well, the wife last night told me she was, she, uh, we have a gift card to the Raider image, right? And she was like, hey, we need to, we need to use this gift card. And I was like, well, go ahead, you know, whatever, it's cool. You know, her and, uh, and, and Sarah went to the game, the last game of the season, and I told them, I said, go take this gift card and go buy you guys some jerseys if you want. That's cool. Whatever. And they didn't do it. So then last night she said, I think I need to go buy a Darren Waller jersey. And so it's funny because we, you know, talk about Darren Waller, talk about Max Crosby, you know, talk about the Raiders all the time, obviously, in the house, you know. And so I said, or a Max Crosby jersey. And she goes, no, nah, I think I want a Darren Waller jersey. And the way she said it was a little bit more like, no, nah, I think I want a Darren Waller jersey. And so I turned and looked and I go, well, why? She goes, he is fine. <laughs> <laughs> I go, oh, that's cool. And then I remember back to the baseball game or the softball game that was at Las Vegas uh, Sports or, or yes, ballpark. when they played against the uh, – When the they ba- played against the Golden Knights. Yes. Yeah, and we were walking out. It was me, the wife, and Sarah, little Sarah. We were walking out, and we parked in the back, and that's where the players were coming out. And I remember the violator, Wayne Mabry, was standing right there. So I started talking to him. And so he was trying to get Darren's attention. So it's me, wife, and Sarah stand, standing here next to each other, standing next to the violator. So, you know, he's got a cane and everything, and he and Darren couldn't hear him. So I was like, Darren, hey, man, uh, Violator's trying to talk to you, man. He's like, oh, okay, what's up? So he comes walking over. So all of us are standing right there. And I didn't even get, like, it never even crossed my mind. So that, all of a sudden when she said that, oh, he's fine, I go, well, why didn't you take a picture with him when we were at the, at the ballpark and he was standing right next to you? And she goes, he's really tall. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, he's really tall, but... 
I did look at him and go, oh, he's fine. <laughs> I just learned this. How long ago was that game? I hadn't even. I don't even think I barely started on the station here when that game happened. That was in the summer last year, right? Almost a year ago. Almost a year ago. I just found out. I learned. I discovered new things. So the wife is big fans of Darren Weller for multiple reasons. So I got Eva LaRue. She's got Darren Waller. She's got uh, Ibris Elves. Is that his name? Idris Elba? Yeah, she got him too. That's on her wish list. We have multiple guys. The other guy, you know, uh, light-skinned light skin black dude with the crazy eyes. Crazy eyes? Yeah, he's got real crazy eyes. He was, on that he, movie. He, was, he, he was on that movie with Megan Good where they bought the house, and then the crazy dude was like, this is my house, and he was like real nuts. Was he in Barbershop? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Michael Ely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He got into it with Eve. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who drank my apple juice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he's got the crazy eyes. He was in, um, what was, not the wood. He was in, um, what's the Steve Harvey one? Um, The book that Steve Harvey Think like a man. Yeah, think like, he was in that too. And I think Megan Good was in that too. Yes, she was. But he wasn't dating her. Who was he dating in? It wasn't Gabrielle Union. It was. It wasn't? Mm -hmm. No, no. Gabrielle Union was a white dude. I forget his name. Short guy. He's cool, though. Super cool. He was the guy that was getting high all the time. Remember? Yes. I'll, I can think of him from Entourage, but now I can't think of his yeah, name I can't from think Entourage. His name. I'm terrible with movies, so I should never quote movies. But you know who I'm talking Turtle, about. Turtle. That was his name in Entourage. Turtle. Yeah, that's who he is. Turtle. That's his name? <laughs> no, that's not his name. I oh. just That was the character in Entourage. <laughs> oh, okay. I never even watched that, so I don't even know how I recognize that. But yeah. what's uh, Who was, who was uh, Michael E's? Or what's his name? E, e's, what's his name? Michael Ely. Who was he dating in uh, Think Like a Man? I can't remember the whole cast of Think Like a Man. It was someone good looking. Mm. I hate that I can't remember. I'm terrible with movies. Anyway, so there you go. <laughs> I guess that's how you wrap up the show. You talk the wish list. Shout out to Eva LaRue. I keep her relevant. I bought that Brides magazine for $10 because she was on the cover. I don't care. I know it sounds stalkerish, but it's all right. <laughs> Damon is done. We'll be back tomorrow. We're not done. I'll be at the TI. Come on down. We'll be there from uh, 2 to 5.15 at least. Be hanging out. I might bring the wife by. She's off work tomorrow. Maybe she'll come by and she'll tell you her stories as well. Come on by. Hang out with us. Get hooked up with surprises. 2 o'clock to 5.15 is the time. We'll be there. We'll be hanging out. Raiders hour is coming up next. And it's only like 25 minutes. But it's coming up next. And then Aviators Baseball. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.